Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Welcome to the show, Podcast Land. Good to be with you here at We Watched a Thing. As usual, I'm Tofar, and as usual, I'm here with Billy. Hey, it's wonderful to be with you. How have you been, buddy? I hear that you watched many, many movies th- yesterday. Binged movies. Yeah. I went to the movie. I did a double feature at the movies. Then I came home and I watched more movies. What did you see at the movies? Obviously, you saw what we're going to talk about today, which is First Man. And straight after that, well, not straight after that. Straight after that, I had a burger. Oh, you got to have a burger. Straight after that, <laughs> I watched Bad Times at the El Royale. How was that? I've been interested to see that. I thought it was fine. Okay. Didn't, didn't dislike it. Didn't love it. Straight after the movie, I was like, this feels like something written by someone who idolises Quentin Tarantino but isn't quite Quentin Tarantino. Right. When that's an oversimplification of the whole thing, but- <laughs> And, like, there's really good things about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, a couple of the performances are great. Um, a couple of scenes are great. And overall, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's good enough. So don't avoid it. Well, the only thing I got to, because Screaming Baby, is First Man. Let's talk about it. Directed by Damien Chazelle, obviously. From hey, he's a talented kid. Whiplash, La La Land. Uh, written by Josh Singer, and it's based on the book First Man, The Life of Neil A. Armstrong by James R. Hansen. Film stars Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong, alongside Claire Foy, Jason Clark, Kyle Chandler, Corey Stoll, and Lucas Haas. And it follows the years leading up to the Apollo 11 mission in 1969. You know what happened to me as soon as I walked into the cinema? What? Found a wallet. Really? Yeah. Did you do the right thing? I did. Good. <laughs> Good. I thought about, because it was it was right as we were going in, and I thought about kind of yelling out, hey, does any, do, could everyone just check their pockets? Does anyone not have a wallet? And we could just nip it in the bud there. Yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't have to go and hand it into the box office and blah, blah. But then I realised that 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 option involved talking to people. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, not interested. That was probably the better thing to do, though. Yeah. But <laughs> is sometimes- Sometimes the better thing to do can just get stuffed. Had the movie started or was this trailers? There were ads on, so it was in that kind of- Yeah. It, so, it, you didn't even like look at the ID and then scan the room to see if you could recognise the face? So, I flipped it open. This is, this is all I did. I didn't check for cash or anything. I flipped it open <laughs> <Liar>. to see- <laughs> I flipped it open to see if there was a like a driver's licence right there. Yeah. And I could just do a scan because there was only like eight people in the yeah, cinema. Yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. And if that had happened, I'd have been like, hey, mate, I think you dropped your wallet- Also, the way I know that is that clearly I rummaged around a bit. Um, So, that was a fun start. (laughs) And there was a movie. Yes. Um, Now, remind me, have you caught up on Whiplash yet? No, I have not. Right. I'm a big fan of La La Land. I enjoyed it a lot. It was probably the favourite movie I saw that year, but I didn't get to Moonlight, which I know that you were a bigger fan of. Yeah, I was happy with it winning. Yeah. Yeah. but no, and I've heard that Whiplash is incredible. I-, I need to get to it. I, just I would, yeah, I was totally into Whiplash. Our friends uh, Dean and Daniel from the IMDb Journey podcast they say that Whiplash is the reason they started a podcast because that was the movie that made them want to talk to someone else about movies. It's right. that good. So I know I need to get to it. I just haven't. Okay. So first man, what we're actually here to talk about? Yeah. Like I'm. We, were you a space kid growing up? Ah. Oh. You know, there's always those kind of groups of- I was more of a dinosaur kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, space is pretty great. Yeah. I mean, who who didn't want to go to- I mean, we all loved Star Wars growing up and space was always that amazing thing. Yeah. Coming into this film, I was like, all right, I'm 
I'm a white man who grew up as a space kid. <laughs> yeah. Like this, if this film doesn't work for me, yeah, then there's going to be trouble. Or <laughs> well, there was always that question: Would you rather go to space or deep sea? Yeah, and we're famously divided. Because I'm deep sea I'm, all the way. Oh yeah, I'm definitely space. Yeah, that's crazy <laughs> to me. <laughs> so, do we want to get into yet as to whether we liked it or just want to talk about stuff? Go straight for whether you liked it. Um, yeah, I was into it. Me too. I will say I was expecting to love this movie. And as it was, I really, really liked it, but I didn't love it. Okay. I think we're probably in for, if not a complete echo chamber episode, <laughs> yeah. we're going to be pretty close. I think just my expectations might have been too high. I, th- I was expecting this to be the top film of the year for me so far. And as it is, it's up there, but there's probably a couple of better ones I've seen this year, but I still very much was into it. All right. So, you mentioned the cast before. Yeah. A lot of good performances, aren't there? A lot of great performances. I actually can't think of a bad performance. In fact, it was a struggle for me to think of my favourite performance because I was really into, for example, Kyle Chandler in this film. Coach Taylor! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He he was great in this film and I haven't watched Friday Night Lights yet, but he was fantastic. Claire Foy was amazing in this film. Claire Foy was fantastic and I was so glad that it wasn't just that we've seen it a thousand times, the dutiful wife. Yes. The way it was written- is a character certainly more developed than that, and she brings a lot to it. She's great. Yeah, I- I'm really glad that she was such a large focus of the film because otherwise you kind of end up with this thing. We all know how the Apollo 11 mission went, you know, so you need that extra meat to the story. To It's not- this story isn't really about the mission. It's about- the first man. It's about Neil Armstrong and his life. And so I'm really, really glad. In fact, I could have done with slightly more of her. I could have done with this entire film being more from her perspective. You know, that's something that occurred to me afterwards. I was yeah. like, there's probably a film to be made that where the main character is Jan Armstrong. Oh, definitely. In a similar fashion to say uh, the way the theory of everything was not really about Stephen Hawking. It was about his relationship with his wife. I would Definitely go see a movie about that. And I'm glad that that's at least partially what this film was. And her character plays in really importantly to what is, I think, a, a fair- But it's by no means the main focus of the film, but it's it doesn't shy away from the cost. Yes. Both. like It, it touches on it a bit financially when we get the odd yep. con- congressperson or whatever. But and, really, yep. it's the human- Cost, which absolutely, which it doesn't shy away from, and and like I'm, I, I'm a space nut for as long as I can remember. I'm, I'm all for us going and and doing these things, and the, yeah. but the human cost is is very real in this film. It is, yeah. It it's interesting how much this movie makes NASA look like a giant experiment, <laughs> and that you know they didn't always know what they were doing. And because you think of NASA as this big government body, that, you, but the fact that so many people died or were injured just in the testing phase for this, it's pretty astounding mm. that we actually made it. And yeah, and let alone e- even moving away from death, just the, the cost in terms of relationships, which yeah, we definitely get in the, the central couple here. Yes. The strain that's put on them through this just all- encompass just this completely engrossing yeah. mission yeah. that Armstrong is firstly hugely invested in, but it's also just a part of who Armstrong, as depicted in the film, which we assume is, let's assume it's reasonably accurate. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> but it's just a, a part of his makeup that he was a kind of distant 
person. He's well, an introspective guy. Yeah, and I think that's also a statement on men, you know, not just in the 50s, but even today. We are generally very closed off. I, I had heard, pre- like, people who'd seen the film at festivals and stuff yeah. and were talking about this really closed off, introspective performance and everything. And I was like, yeah, it, it is. It's also a, um, a man playing a man. Yes, absolutely. Who, who's terrible at, <laughs> at that stuff. Yes. You know, there's that scene where he's just bailed out of that funeral, just gone home, left Janet there, and she's getting a ride home. And she says to Ed, does he ever talk about Karen to you? And he says, no, does she ever talk about it to you? And this is his wife. And she's like, no, never talks about it. (laughs) Like, I thought it was a really real grounded relationship in this film that's honestly kind of terrifying because we need to be more communicative. And there's scenes like that one where, yes, he is. He's being a dick. Yeah. (laughs) But he's he's not trying to be a dick. He's just, (laughs) he can't. He can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's I think it's brilliant that both the- the film and Gosling in his portrayal, it's great that they don't shy away from that, I think. Yeah. I, w- I was a big fan of Gosling in this film. Gosling, for me, is actually hit and miss. I know that you're a very, very big fan of him. Team Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I've found him hit and miss in the past, but he was very, very hit in this for me. I thought he was fantastic. When I'd heard how kind of introspective the performance was, I was not remotely panicked about that coming off things like Drive and Blade Runner 2049, like he's clearly got that in his kit bag. So I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be into this. And on top of the drama and the introspective role, let's talk about the action in the film because there is, you know, it's about a man going to space. There's a fair few action scenes. What were your thoughts on those? Can I plant a flag here and say that if anything beats this film at the Oscars for sound, I will be stunned. Yes, I agree 100%. From that- also, was that, a, was that a little kind of foreshadowing there, planting a flag? Hello? Are we going to get to that later? See what I did there? <laughs> um, I think the, if you want to call them the action set pieces, yeah. I think they're pretty fantastic. Yes. And honestly, if you just closed your eyes, it would still work. Absolutely. In fact, the only little niggle I really have with this film, and I'm curious to see your thoughts on this, is the the cinematography and the camera work. There are very few stationary shots in this film. Almost everything is off the shoulder and it's that very- It's it's the way I shoot, which you make fun of me for. (laughs) If I shoot something, I do the kind of- the sway. Yeah, the the live-in camera. The live-in camera, we call it. Or as as our former boss called it. Was the shot on a fucking boat? <laughs> well, the entire film is like that. There are scenes where it's just people sitting around talking at a table and the camera's shaking quite actively at points. What it really rem- reminded me of, while I was, there was a couple of scenes in particular where I thought about the way that Emmanuel Lebesky shoots things for Terrence Malick. Normally, if you're going to be like, if you're going to place the camera to to view a scene where, where people aren't playing to the camera- mm-hmm. You'd put the camera a long way back, shoot, yeah. it, shoot it with a long lens. A lot of close shots. And the, here, it's more like in that Lebesky Malik kind of way. It's a really wide lens following people around, which is kind of counterintuitive, but they're in no way playing to the camera. Yeah. It's still really kind of, or, yeah, almost documentary-like. Just- yeah. In fact, the only stationary shots in this film are actually in the action scenes, which is generally the opposite way around. When people are just sitting around talking in this, it's very kind of docu-shaky camera. And the static shots are 
you know, it's those VFX shots. It's the, it's the exterior of spaceships. It's looking at the Earth from space. Things like that are the only static shots in this film, which kind of is counterintuitive. And it's the one thing with this film I wasn't sure where I landed on it with. So the, it it does work for me. The whole yep. the whole cinematography of the film does work for me. It's the same guy that sh- that won an Oscar for cinematography for La La Land. I think it does a fantastic job of placing you in a time through the through the look of the film. That's true. You are yeah. You are very much placed in the sixties when you watch this film. That's that's very true. Um, one thing I love about getting back to the the action sequences and, and the sound design and stuff, I love how how lo-fi and mechanical. It reminds you that everything was. Yeah, that's what like, I meant before when I was saying about how NASA seemed like it. It seemed like a very kind of shoddy organization. We in think some of ways. it as being so slick and futuristic and stuff, yeah. and yet there's this film goes out of its way to show you, like, with the noises that you're hearing, and then the shots of rivets, and you, like the people on board, are like, "Is that going to fucking hold?" <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Given that we all know the outcome. It, this job did an insane job at building tension. That scene where they're trialing the docking, I believe it was the Gemini 8 test, yep. and the the shuttle goes into a spin and they can't fix it. They're losing pressure. They're about to pass out. Even though you know that he makes it back to Earth because you know he eventually makes it to the moon, you're scared for them. You don't know how this is going to go, even though you do know exactly how it's going yeah. to go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and those action scenes were very, very well done. Yeah. Another member of the cast that I, I, I love how Corey Stoll was given license, clearly, to not be likeable as, as Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I love the scenes between him and Armstrong. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah Cor- me like, too. Corey Stoll, when you look at, like, uh, House of Cards- Ant Man, this like I don't think I've like Corey Stoll plays a dick so well. That <laughs> he it really just, like, does. I'm just like convinced he must be the best dude ever. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The way he plays it, you don't feel like he's actively being a, like you don't feel like he's playing it to be a dick. You feel like that's just him. Yeah. Which I think with Buzz Aldrin is probably quite accurate. <laughs> that moment out on the tarmac, sensational. Yeah. That I'm just saying what everyone's thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't. <laughs> Maybe don't. <laughs> Yeah, I, he was fantastic, and all of the side supporting characters were great. The guy who played Ed, you know, oh yeah, um, Jason Clark, he was fantastic in this. Uh, well, film. Um, Australian, our mate. Oh, there you go. I I rate Clark. I really do. I actually was struggling to think what else I'd seen him in, but he was fantastic in this. Good old um, little Patrick Fugit, who, when I look at him, I can still I'm still just like almost famous. That's all I can think of. He'll, he will forever be the almost famous kid for me. It's like he's told his agent, I will only do roles that are kids' dream jobs. And I say this <laughs> from a sample of the three things I've yeah. ever seen him in. I'll be a rock star, so I'll be you've an got- astronaut. <laughs> so you've got-, you've got Almost Famous where that's a kick-ass job. Yeah. In Gone Girl, he's a police officer. Yeah, right. I never, I never wanted to be a cop, but plenty of kids do. Yeah, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> And, and now NASA. Yeah, true. <laughs> he just lives out his fantasies through his through his job, I'm pretty sure. Well, let's hope he has decent fantasies then. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. If we see him in a um, human centipede sequel, we'll be like, Ooh. Patrick's a bad egg. <laughs> yeah. Use of music's interesting. I was just about to come to this. Probably one of my favourite elements of the film and my favourite score this year. I loved it. It was very different to what you would expect from a film like this. Little um, little nod to Kubrick. 
in the when they that, that when you mentioned before in the Gemini Eight mission, yeah. the docking sequence, which and like classical music hasn't been a big part of the film really no, up yeah, to that point. Right. But then as we get this, what could be almost a space odyssey shot, we get almost the waltz thing going in yeah. there. Which if I'm putting money on it, I'm saying that Chazelle's tipping his cap there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Justin Hurwitz did a wonderful job with the score. Obviously, the same guy who scored La La Land, I, I believe Whiplash as well. He's kind of Chazelle's go-to man. And the score for me, like you said, not a lot of classical, which is what you've kind of grown to expect from a film like this. You know, you see this epic space thing and you think of Apollo 13. You think of that very classical James Horner kind of. Instead, what you get is this really kind of, you know, it's almost got elements of jazz to it and kind of there's a lot of- Jazz in a Chazelle film? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a lot of piano and plucked strings as opposed to bowed strings. And it, it just, it's a really interesting sound that you wouldn't expect. And yet it marries together so well with the vision on screen. I was a big fan. In fact, I got home and checked, confirmed that the soundtrack was on Spotify and just put it on because yeah, right. I just loved it. Uh, yeah, well, speaking of marrying with the with the vision, no shock when a when a spacey film is going to have good visual effects. Yeah, there's a lot of the visual effects in this film that I really love. Are the ones that, in the way that they're best utilized, the effects you don't notice. Yes. For instance, how good is when spoiler alert on the moon? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Don't tell people he goes to the moon. Shit. <laughs> um, the reflection in the oh. in the helmet. How, good, en- how good is it? That entire sequence was incredible. That was so much better than I had expected it could be. And the other great thing, I'm not 100% sure of this, but because his helmet is so reflective and you can't see his face in his mouth, I'm fairly certain that that was the actual Neil Armstrong audio that was used at that point. The dialogue of one small step for man, one like just the cadence of it, and and even the voice. I was almost certain that was mm. the actual audio being used. Yeah, well, they've still got it from the Kubrick set, <laughs> exactly. Because this is a wonderful little fantasy film about what it would have been like if we'd actually gone to the had we gone to space. <laughs> also, just quickly, when we did our 2001 Space Odyssey film, and 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 we spoke about we going to the moon, we got a lot of people going, "What's this we bullshit?" <laughs> Really? We as in mankind, people. We as in mankind. Humans, Billy. Humans. We went to the moon. (laughs) And if it weren't for that radio dish in parks in New South Wales, none of y'all would have seen it. And again, um, with the the moon landing, it's such a tense scene. It is. And you're like, so tense. You know they make it. That's the thing. You see (laughs) the fuel going down and and you're just like- how is this going to go? And then when they land and the use of colour or lack of colour in that entire sequence where the moon is so grey and, you know, they're talking about the surface, you see obviously the footprint, which is a huge moment. And and then when you see the reflection in his face, it's just so beautifully shot. And I, I really like that they make in the film your time on the moon is quite fleeting and yet quite lingering. Yeah. yeah, the shots definitely, but in terms of actual time spent there in the film, yeah. it's not much, which I think is actually kind of brilliant in in leaving it as this fleeting thing. Yes, and then after the moon, the film ends very quickly, much quicker than I expected. I it, love that scene. It ends with him in quarantine. <laughs> That's You don't 
you don't know and there's no you know often with these i was expecting almost like the, you know the classic text to come up like neil went on to blah 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 and this person blah 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 neil went on to not want to talk to another person <laughs> yeah. for the rest of his life whereas buzz <laughs> sold <Yeah>. treadmills <laughs> yeah. but not, none of that it just ends very quickly and you're just left it, i thought that was wonderful that last that last scene of of, of gosling and, gosling and claire glass. foy yeah like speaking of like there's plenty of things in the film where you do know how this is going to go that last shot i was like I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah, same. I loved that shot. <laughs> yeah. Now, while we're talking about the moon, we've got to talk about the controversy. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe it's just because I'm not an American, but I find it hard to understand why there's a controversy. You've got to try so hard to conjure up a- Like, it is that is the biggest pile of garbage. Yeah. I mean, you see the flag. Honestly. You You just don't see them put it in the ground. And for some reason, this has become- The amount of people I've seen online boycotting this film, obviously Donald Trump came out saying it's a travesty and, like, you know, it's un-American and they're ashamed that it was done by Americans. Not what the film's about. No, not at all. For a start. No. Secondly- the flag's in shot. Yeah, you see the flag several times in shot. You just don't see them plant it in the ground, but- yeah, I, I find it hard to understand, and maybe it's just because I'm not an American and I, I don't have a patriotic bone in my body even for Australia, but I- Being patriotic towards Australia is unpatriotic. <laughs> yeah, we, that's true. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but like happily, like I was I was pleased that like Neil, one of Neil Armstrong's sons was like, you're talking rubbish. Yeah, although, of course, Buzz Aldrin came out and was like, fuck this film. <laughs> Buzz was like, there's a microphone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole film feels American. Very. Like, and the, Coach like, Taylor's there. <laughs> there are plenty of American flags in this film. Like, they're actually- I was really shocked when there is that, that shot of, the, of kid the, the kid pulling up the flag. Up the flag. Yeah. I was like, what, we needed Armstrong to come back to Earth and get an American flag tattoo or something? <laughs> so I guess it's down to rating time then, my friend. I struggled with this. Yeah. There's, there's plenty about the film. There's individual elements of the film that are a nine or a ten for me. Mm. One criticism I've heard from the film, which is completely understandable that this wouldn't work for some people, is that they find the film a bit distant. That's understandable, I think, given yeah, given the main, given the central performance and what, yep. yeah, um, fair enough. And for that reason, some people have said, you know, it just doesn't connect with me. Now, I I really like it, and I think the performances are great. Yeah, I guess it's not what you would call a warm film. You know, like films like this, you often get a very warm, inspirational feeling from them, and that's not this film. It's it, this is more of a character study it's, piece. It's a character study in an amazing setting. Yes. So I think I'm I'm landing on an eight. I'm going with a nine. Yep. It's closer to an eight than a ten, though. But this this is definitely up there with my favourite films of the year. This would be in the top three conversation easily. Yep. And I'm very curious to see where we go with Oscar season, given that we're still a little bit early at this stage. I don't know whether they are going to um, campaign for Oscars. I think there's definitely some that it should get. I don't know. What are your feelings on Oscar season for this? Film? Oh, I think I because th- I think this film is universal. I think that sounds familiar from the start of the film. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's universal. M- my guess would be this: this is going to be what they're going to push. Yeah, right. 
Understandably so. I think it was a wonderful film, and I I would be surprised if it didn't get nominated for at least five Oscars. It's definitely one. It's definitely one of my favorites of the year so far. Yeah. Um, there's definitely people out there that the film doesn't work for, but I think a lot of people do have quite a bit of love for it. Yeah, awesome. Well, what are we getting to next week, buddy? At a stretch, you could say we're sticking with the space theme. What? Because Lady Gaga is a space monster. Star is born. <laughs> oh, star. Stars. Yeah, I get where you're going. How are you feeling going into it? Oh, look, I'm curious. I'm optimistic. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. For me, I just think it doesn't look like my kind of film. And I'm worried that that's going to play on me because I'm going to go in there expecting not to like it. And I probably am not going to like it just because it's not my kind of film. You thought that about La La Land? I did think that about La La Land and it was my favourite of the year. That's true. I thought La La Land was going to be hot garbage and I loved it. So- Who knows? Maybe I'll enjoy it. I got the trailer for this for the first time, actually, when I saw First Man. Didn't bump me up at all. I'm curious to see, because people are raving about it. People be loving it. So, I don't know. Let's see what happens next week. You might be doing a cover of of one of her songs by next week. (laughs) I might be. I might be Gaga Mad. Stay tuned for a Billy YouTube clip. (laughs) Yeah, I might be a little monster. (laughs) But then you've got to change your review of Venom. I stand by Venom. Beth messaged me last night saying that she got to it and and she loves and respects me, but the film was a hard two. (laughs) And I'm like, but she can't say anything after fucking Tokyo Drift. She has no sway on anything anymore. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm looking forward to next week. Me too. I mean, I'm looking forward to the conversation at least. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you, everyone. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or at wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support us, throw some cash at the shows, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. And in the meantime, go watch a movie. See ya. (laughs) 